Welcome, guys, to the first episode of the channel of Season Snatch. Um, and this is our first video segment called Down to the Wire. Um, if you see in our things, um, my name's Gabe, or that guy Breadstick, or Breadstick for short. My name's Dalton, a.k.a. The Shark. And we're going to be um, just talking about some of our basketball opinions here on Down to the Wire. We'll maybe do some basketball videos in real life and other things, but that is to come in the near future. But today we are going to be talking about um, just a little bit about ourselves and the start to the 2021 season, because that does start today is whenever this episode is going up. Um, so Dalton, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I said before, our name's Dalton, a.k.a. The Shark. Um, I have been, I played basketball since first grade and I stopped playing competitively until eighth grade, but I gotta say, that's was a lot of fun. I play it for fun now only cause like educational reasons, but sport, sports are definitely my thing. Obviously basketball is the favorite, favorite team is the Mavericks, obviously cause I'm a hometown, uh, favorite players I would have to say is, is Dirk. And Steve Nash, those are definitely two of my favorites, one of the best duos the Mavericks ever had. And then, as of right now, Luka Doncic is for sure one of my favorites. So, Gabe, introduce yourself a little bit, too. Um, yeah, so um, I've been playing basketball pretty recently, actually. Like, So I played it once when I was in third grade. Then I had to switch over to full-time baseball, but then I went back to basketball in seventh grade. Um. I kind of stopped after freshman year because I, I knew I wasn't that good and I'm kind of short and not as athletic as other kids, but it's okay. Um, yeah, my favorite basketball team would probably be the Golden State Warriors. And three of my top favorite players would probably be Steph Curry, obviously, because the best shooter of all time, arguably the best point guard of all time, but we're not going to go into that today. Um... I said arguably. It's. I'm not saying he's not. I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying it's arguable. Um, <laughs> the second player, I got to rep my Asian side. Yes, I'm half Asian, and I got to rep it. Jeremy Lin, one of, um, pretty good point guard. Did you hear the um, Warriors deal that he had fell through? I got so upset. I was like, finally, we're getting him back as a Warrior, and then the deal fell through. And then, yeah. Then number three, I think I like De'Aaron Fox. I think De'Aaron Fox is a cool. He's a he's a really good basketball IQ type player, and he's fast, and he's just a really good point guard. I think he's very underrated, and he and he achieves more than what he gets credit for, and he always has a stat rise every single year, which is really really good. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. All right, so. Like we said about doing some basketball stuff in real life, that we do play basketball here on the occasion. Dalton, what is your all-time favorite basketball shoe? Wow, tough question. Well, whenever I was playing per, per, not not professionally, but like competitively, boys, <laughs> <laughs> I played the NBA a couple of times. Nah, but anyway, but whenever I played competitively, I used to rep Kevin Durant shoes. Uh, I remember whenever I first started doing it, I. I wore these KD six. I mean, they're they're like these low top shoes. They're they're really cool. And then also repped the KD Trey five. So basically, like any Kevin Durant shoe was my favorite. Now, Gabe, what was yours? Um, 
don't have a specific line that I like. I I mean, I try to do a lot of different shoes. I've been with the Currys. I've been with the Giannis. I've been with the Paul George. Um, I've been with the Yeezys. I think, but my all-time, I have top two. My all-time favorite shoes are the Curry 2s, because one, that's the most memorable shoe I have. And then just all-time best shoe would probably be PG1s. That's a really good shoe, performance-wise. And, good. Yeah, and it was only like 110, and you got a strap and full length zoom, or not full length zoom, but four foot zoom. That was very helpful on the court. Wow. I can see. Yeah. So, anyways, so that's a little bit about us. Um. So, before we head into stuff with this season, we want to talk about the last season because last season was definitely altered. Um. Mm hmm. So if you guys remember, I think you all do, coronavirus hit and stopped all sports. It's pretty upsetting. But they did come back July 30th, I think. 30th or 31st, I can't remember. Yeah. One of those two days. Oh, so. But um, they came back and basically played at Disney in the bubble. Don, what are your thoughts on the bubble? Well... I mean, my thoughts of it, like, as a fan perspective, I mean, as much as you want to be there, I mean, like, in person, it just wasn't going to happen because of coronavirus, obviously, and, like, trying to and like, trying to contain it. Um, but, I mean, they, I, I will give it to them. I mean, they did make it work. I mean, no one even got COVID in the bubble, so so that, that that's an absolute win. Um, but, you know, you know, I mean, even though the season ended late, I mean, at least we still had a playoffs and we did have a champion, which was Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, the Los Angeles. Yes. Um, it was funny because with the Lakers, I think in a regular setting, no one had them to win except you can vouch for me that I was the only one that was like, I think the Lakers will win it. <laughs> like even beforehand, like even before all the Kobe stuff. But I feel like – um. I'm going to get a little controversial here. I think the NBA is one of the most rigged leagues in the nation. And I feel like with the Lakers winning, it'd get them two things. It'd show – or three things. I'll say three things. So it would give the reputation to Kobe and every, his family and everything. I think that would uplift all that. And they were saying like the four Kobe thing. That's kind of what that would do. Then it would give LeBron his fourth ring, another accolade, um, another finals MVP, and just kind of show the world, um, or give the world more say in the LeBron versus Jordan talk. And mm-hmm. then finally, it would also make the Lakers and the Celtics tied for the most rings in the NBA. So then it's, which one's a better franchise? I think those three things um, probably came down to the bubble. But I did hear an interview where LeBron was like saying stuff about how he thought that um, if the Warriors and the um, Cavs played in the bubble back in 2016, the Warriors would have smoked them. So I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but it was just an interesting thing I heard. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know. I, I think I have a clue on what he's talking about only because like because of setting because like you know like they would have to stay in one place like because because during the times of pre-covid like like the teams would travel still and then whenever it was the bubble they had to stay in one location so maybe that was the advantage that the lakers needed maybe um no but i think everybody either had the clippers or the bucks coming out on top 
and the Bucks had a second round at exit. And I think the Clippers also had a second round mm -hmm. exit, almost the first round exit to the Mavs before Kristaps got injured and injected one of those games. Yeah, the Mavs should have beat them, in my opinion. Yeah, the Mavs probably would have beat them. I think the Mavs were definitely the sleeper pick that entire thing. I also feel bad for the Suns. Mm -hmm. I think that they should have got a chance to go to the playoffs, even. But they didn't make the play-in tournament, sadly. But it's whatever. Um, let's move on to the draft. So, the draft this year, it wasn't that exciting as I thought it, like, I think the last best draft we had was probably 2017. There's a lot of good prospects coming out of that draft. This one was okay. It wasn't that great. I didn't pay too much attention to it, except Dub Nation getting the second pick overall, because we were basically tanking. <laughs> but, yeah. Dalton, what was that one thing I said to you all season long? About yeah, it was okay. I remember you telling me like beforehand, like like if Lamelo Ball goes to the Warriors, like you're done with him. Yeah, you're sure. done with the Warriors. I, I I don't like Lamelo Ball. I don't think he's an efficient player. We didn't need another guard until Clay Thompson went out, and I was no one was expecting him to go out, so it was just no a dumb pick overall. Mm -hmm. We either needed to fill the small forward position because we were either gonna trade. Because I thought we were going to trade for Giannis, and I was like, honestly, I don't even want to do that. Just pick a center from the draft, pick James Wiseman, and that's what we did. So I'm glad Bob Myers yep. made that move. I'm glad that we picked up Nico Mann, too. And yeah, I guess it's... yeah, I think he's. I think he might be a steal, but we'll see what happens. I'm trying to. Yeah, be, I mean, I'm I trying, wouldn't. I'm just trying to be as unbiased as possible, but I have no clue. Yeah, but you also have to mention, I mean, you forgot the number one overall pick, Anthony Edwards from Georgia. You know, he, he plays for Minnesota now. And then Lamelo, I took third, went to Charlotte. That's interesting. But nonetheless, I mean, Cole Anthony got the 15th pick. That's some of the other picks in the draft. And then, you know, the Texan, R.J. Hampton, you know, he was drafted to the Bucks and he got traded to Denver. Which I think Denver's going to be a great fit for him. I mean, I mean he's going to play with uh, Jokic, Murray, Harris, and he gets to play with Bulbul. So I mean, so I definitely think that I think the Nuggets may have gotten a steal of the draft, in my opinion. Is RJ Hampton? Is I don't know much about him. Is he like what position does he play? He plays. I think he's like six six, so he's one or two. All right. So. I mean, he could could he possibly play the three because they need more of a three if um Michael Porter Jr. is not gonna is gonna come off the bench. Uh, I mean, I think I think Michael Porter Jr. is probably gonna start this year only because he took big strides. Yeah. Last year, so. No, but RJ RJ is a point guard. He's six six, so he would start behind. Uh, he would play behind Jamal Murray because I don't think Jamal Murray's. Um, nah, I don't think he's gonna he, take a spot. Yeah, I think Jamal Murray's gonna another one of those guys where he's gonna make another big stride. But I'll I'll go into that in, in another episode. Yeah. So we're gonna so to end this episode off. Um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna go into our um basically our award and finals predictions. Um. So mm -hmm. let's just start from the bottom up. Um, Dalton, who do you think your rookie of the year is gonna be? 
Ooh, uh, I think it's going to be one of the top three people that got drafted this year. So basically it's either Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, or LaMelo Ball. Uh, I think that James Wiseman is going to – I think James Wiseman is going to win this year only because, like, I mean, you saw what he did at Memphis. I mean, it was absolutely dominant until until he got suspended there. But nonetheless, I mean, I, I think Wiseman's going to do really good this year, and I think he'll be the one to win it. How about you? I'm going to actually throw a curveball. Um, someone we didn't mention, I'm going to say Obi Toppin. I think he might show a little bit of production this year, especially with a young... I think they're a lot... They're very underrated. It's just they're not led correctly. Um, The Knicks, mm-hmm. I think they'll be a good team in a few years once everybody um, forms. And the East is so weak mm-hmm. that they could probably make an 8th or 7th spot. But if they do, if the Knicks do better than a 15th seed last year... I think oh, it could go to Obi Toppin. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Again, trying to be as unbiased as possible, because if I just say all Warriors <laughs> people, then people are going to just blame me for it. <laughs> well, all right. it is what it is. Yeah. Right. So, next award, um, Sixth Man of the Year. I mm. think, I'll take this one. I think... Six men of the year could possibly either go to Montrez Harrell again or wow. Derrick Rose. Because is Derrick Rose starting or is he coming off the bench? Well, you have to remember, Derrick Rose plays for Detroit. Yeah. And there's he'll probably start. Is he starting? He's not going to come off. From what I've seen, I think he is, but I could be wrong. I'm going to check their depth chart. Um, On their depth chart, they uh, have Killian Hayes starting. So he would come off the bench. So yeah, I'm going to go with Derrick Rose. I think Derrick Rose is getting back to somewhat of his old self. I think he's, um, he's really progressing, and I think that he could become a good off-the-bench 20-point-per-game scorer like Lou Williams. Yeah, I like that. Um, what I was going to say, I was going to go with uh, a little bit of the Houston Rockets side of things. Eric Gordon, I, I mean, he, he wasn't, he hasn't been producing as much as he used to back whenever it was, back whenever like Houston's days of Chris Paul and James Harden. But, but you know, he still is a good player. I mean, he's coming off the bench and, and, and he'll, he's always going to produce. So I think this year it'll be Eric Gordon of the Houston Rockets. Eric Gordon could potentially be be starting though at a small forward position. Okay, because Harden, John Wall, Boogie are starting. I don't I, know. And then, actually, hold on. I'm looking at the depth chart. Um, Christian Wood would be starting over Cousins. Wow. Yeah. PJ Tucker, a big power forward. Small forward would be Eric Gordon. Shooting guard would be James Harden, and John Wall would be point guard. Okay, then I'll change my thing to Demarcus Cousins because it has been it, it's been a year since he last played, but I have a feeling that he's gonna come back strong and produce what he used to do. Yeah, I'm from his preseason games. Um, he got he didn't play in that one. I think he only played in one preseason game against. Um, it was the one. The first one. The Bulls. Uh, yeah. No, he al- he also played against um 
the Spurs. He got seven one and or seven two and eleven on that one. Oh, they played four preseason yeah, not games. Not bad. Um. Then he yeah. played ten oh six against the Bulls, and then they he got. 14-2-5. So not bad. Not bad. Definitely need some improvement to probably get six man of the year, but we'll see what happens. Um, all right. Yeah, for sure. So Dalton, uh, you want to take most improved player of the year. Most improved? For this one, gosh, someone that I think is going to take a big leap this year, it's I would have to say someone's probably gonna take a big leap this year. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he won it last year, but I'll say Brandon Ingram. I think Brandon Ingram, the Pelicans, is gonna step up and and do well this year, and he'll produce a whole lot more than what he did last year. I mean, you saw a glimpse of what he did, and I think he's only gonna go up from there. So I think Brandon Ingram of the New Orleans Pelicans for most improved. Um, let me check their stats behind you so you're not wrong. It Brandon Ingram did win it. Oh, he did? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I thought it was either that or Bam. I thought it was Bam last I year. Wa- I but, wanted Bam to win, but Bam didn't win, and I got upset. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. Well, if he went last year, I mean, it's – Unlikely that he'll win again, so I'll actually change mine to the Zion Williamson. So I think someone from the Pelicans is going to win Most Improved. Right. That's what I. Not Zion. bad, not bad. Um, I think for my MIP, I think it's either going to be Michael Porter Jr. or I think it potentially could be. Oh, I can't think of his name. Or Jamal Murray. I know Jamal Murray is always a good player, but I think he's starting to get to that superstar type level, maybe a top five point guard in the future. But Mm -hmm. uh, Michael Porter Jr., again, we saw what he did at the end of last season. So hopefully he can transition that into this season and become like a good 20, 15 point um, per game scorer Mm -hmm. and just get back to his old Mizzo self. All right, so I'll I'm, take the next one. I think it's defensive play or coach of the year. Yeah. Um. That's what I said. I mean, I gotta give it to Mike Malone. I think that team is um that Nuggets are a really good team. They're always well coached. They have a because if you think about it, besides Jokic and Murray, their their starting lineup is okay. Their bench isn't mm-hmm. really that recognizable, but they finished the three seed. Or top three in the West every single year, and the West is super competitive. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like you gotta give it, you gotta give credit where credit's due. Um, if they finish top three again, I think it should go to Mike Malone. But that's just mm-hmm. my opinion. We'll see what happens with all the other teams. Yes, I mean, I mean, besides Mike Malone, I mean, he's definitely a really good coach. But but you know, but you know, I, I definitely think I think a new coach. I think a new coach might win it this year. You know, Brooklyn Nets, Steve Nash, you know, he recently got the coaching job there. So, you know, he, he, he's he got weapons, Katie and Kyrie. If he can just – if he coaches the same way he played, then I think he'll win coach of the year. So, 
I'm going to go, I'm going to be a little bit bold and go with the new one, Steve Nash. All right. Steve Nash is a good pick. All right. So I'll take defensive player of the year. Um, it, I'm going to give it to someone that I think actually should have won it last year. I think Anthony Davis should have won it. Um, I think he'll still, pre- I think he's getting better and better. He's only like 27, right? Hey, he's 27. 27? And he's that mm-hmm. good as a defensive player. Um, I think he'll mm-hmm. keep improving, um, especially with LeBron by his side for the next few years. And, yeah, I think he'll – I think – I don't think last year was his prime, and he was pretty good last year. So, yeah, yes. I think Anthony Davis will be my pick. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to agree with you on that one. I'm going to view it the same, Anthony Davis. All right. Oh, this is where it gets All right. MVP. Yep, MVP. Mm. You know what? I'll, I'll start off. Okay. So, I think that the NBA player that's going to win MVP this year is going to be Luka Dantich. Only because, I mean, the, the stats he is producing at his age, he's putting up veteran numbers. And he, and last year, he, he put up like 28 points like eight boards, nine assists. I mean, you're talking like veteran type numbers. But I mean, at his age, because he's turning 22 in February, I mean, that is, I mean, that is crazy to think that. So I really want Luca to win this year. And, you know, and, and he'll be the youngest to do it if he wins it. Because Derrick Rose was 23 when he won it in 2011. So I think Luka Doncic is my pick. Luka is a very good pick. Uh, but the only problem with that is if the Dallas Mavericks don't make a top four spot, he's not going to get it because of leadership and production value. That's how it – just think about it. Um, Another notable pick, Damian Lillard. Every single year he plays out of his mind. Probably last year the best point guard since Steph was out and a top two mm-hmm. point guard like the last few years. But the Blazers don't go anywhere, so he doesn't get recognized, or he doesn't get like finalist for the award. So that's the only downfall to the MVP is that you have to lead your team to a good playoff spot. I'd say top four in your place, but I don't think it's I, I don't think it's going to go to Giannis. I think they want something new. If my pick wasn't Luka Doncic because of the whole Mavericks maybe not making the top four seed, because I think to get a little controversial, I think it will go Lakers, Clip, Lakers, Nuggets, Clippers, and then the Nuggets. Wait, did I say Nuggets? Lakers. Yeah, Lakers, yeah, Nuggets, Nuggets, Clippers, and then I'm trying to see like the season for last year. NBA standings. Because I want to say the Thunder got it. But yeah, the Thunder is going to suck this year. Yeah. Alright. Um, I think... I think it's either going to be Phoenix or the Warriors. I'm going to be 100% honest. I think if, the, if Curry can keep... Because Curry's averaging like 25-30 a game. Or like for his first few um preseason games, he's looking healthy. He's looking good. If he can stay healthy, if Draymond can produce defensive numbers and hit a couple threes per game, if James Wiseman plays like he did at um 
at Memphis. Um, Kelly Oubre Jr. has been playing great. So if he gets another 20 points per game, and but be our second or third option. If um, Andrew Wiggins does see what he does, we have a pretty young core that will probably get coached the correct way because Steve Kerr is a great coach. I think that team or the Suns, because the Suns have now have Chris Paul, I think that team will be good. So I don't know if the Mavericks will be able to get a top four spot. They might. I, I'm not saying they are, but I think they just have so much competition and they're so young. Um, that's kind of hard, but I think my MVP besides it would probably be, I'm going to be a little biased. I think it might be Steph just because of his, if he has a comeback and brings the Warriors to a top four seed without Klay Thompson. Yeah. I mean, I see where you're coming from. I see it. I mean, because, because, you know, it's been... It's been a year now. Now it's actually going to be two years because because Clay hasn't played, and, and you know you still have Andrew Wiggins and all that. Andrew Wiggins, Wiseman, Ubre, Green. So I mean, he definitely has. He definitely has like he, he definitely has like his teammates and all that. And while on the other hand of Luka Doncic, he's more like a he's more of a one hit one man wrecking crew outside of Porzingis if he has him. So. So I mean, it 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 could go either way. I think it definitely could go either way. I just also think the Mavericks got a little worse with getting rid of Seth Curry because Seth Curry is a good shooter. Who did they get? Josh Richardson. Yeah, from Philly. Yeah, I don't. I think the Phil. I think Philly got the better end of that trade. I think honestly they should have kept Seth Curry. I think Seth Curry is um. He's a pretty good spot-up shooter that the Mavericks need, especially with this day age of ball. Um, and Josh Richardson's a pretty decent small forward, but if they just... I think they could have found a better small forward or maybe waited for Giannis in a couple years, but... Because Giannis... Because every, every... The thing with signing big contracts and saying, I'm staying, every player does that, but then they end up leaving. Because they, yeah. they're like, yeah, I want to win a championship here. But then they realize they can't, so they go somewhere else. Another player similar to that, Anthony Davis, he f- signed a five-year multi-year contract with the Pelicans saying, I'm staying, I want to win here. Then like a season or two later, he goes, nope, I'm going to LA. So. Okay, he got traded. But he, but, traded. but he wanted to, he wanted that trade. He put in. He wanted saying, that trade. Okay, yeah. yeah. That- so that's why I'm saying that Giannis will probably say I want to trade in the next few years because he'll realize that he can't really win in an environment like that. He needs another good all-star. Chris Middleton's not going to be the answer. He needs a good all-star. And I thought they might have gotten Russell Westbrook. But was... What? I said the Bucks got Drew Holiday too. And even then, I don't think that's enough. No, it's not enough. Um, but yeah, even with Drew Holiday, I think the Bucks they won't be able to beat whoever's in the East. And if you want, or in the West, I think just mm-hmm. the East is so weak. That's why he's able to dominate so much. But especially with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving coming back for the Nets, I think that'll be a tough position to beat. Because the Nets were like a six seed, even without their two best players. Yeah. I mean, they lost to the Raptors first round, but, but the Raptors are kind of more on the downhill yeah. end of things. Because... Also, Marcus Saul. Yeah. All right, but that's all we have for you for the, for the first episode of Down to the Wire. I hope you all enjoyed. Um, 
Next episode, we're going to be talking about the first games of the season and just going through what our opinions are about um, before the games actually take place. But, um, yeah, so thank you all for watching. If you did enjoy, please do subscribe. We're going to be coming at you with more basketball content for the season and for other things to come by and just our opinions throughout the entire year. And um, we will see you all next time. Peace.